Since 2012, American Field has been the go-to resource for brands big and small to connect with consumers across the country. In 2020, we took to the airwaves, connecting you to makers and doers from wherever you're listening. I'm Lucas Fitz from Small Hand, inviting you to join me in learning the stories behind my favorite brands in the AF network, from the mouths of bright entrepreneurs from coast to coast. Welcome to AF Fireside. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to AF Fireside, continuing our mini-series here on brands that will be joining us for our Austin, Texas event in May. Uh, we've done a lot of episodes of this podcast, we've certainly interacted with a lot of brands at all the events that we've uh, popped up with in the past 10 years. It's very rare that I come across a brand that does something that I haven't seen before. Uh, so I'm excited for this interview because Logan Webster, who is the founder of Camo Retro, is going to break that ice in the podcast for the first time. Logan, welcome to Fireside. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, obviously delighted to be invited to the uh, show that we're going to talk about, but uh, yeah, even more delighted to be here today. Look at that. Yeah, we'll look at right, what's right in front of us. Um, yeah, super excited to uh, scan through all of your racks when I get down to Texas in, <laughs> in May. Um, yeah. Big vintage guy. It's like my happy place. 20 minutes of vacation a week that I can go to a, a vintage store and find funky brass stuff for my apartment or maybe something cool to, to throw into my rotation, my wardrobe. Uh, Got to be honest, I, growing up in New England, I, I don't have a ton, don't have a ton of camo. Camo is like a new thing for me, but mm-hmm. I, I love the vibe. I love the collection you've put together. Um, tell us a little bit about, about the brand, how it came to be. Uh, so Camera Retro came to be as a passion project for me personally. Uh, I was working a full-time corporate job and uh, had just like kind of this passion for the outdoors, obviously, I've been hunting all my life, and uh, even more so, kind of the the gear that um, ins- inspire. I see inspire so many people, whether they know it inspires them or not. Um, my dad's the classic example. He can spot a jacket from across the room, and just uh, you know, I was always impressed with him spouting off a story that that seeing that jacket brought back from him. You know, that's a jacket that his buddy from college may have had, and it reminded him of this hunt that was uh, maybe successful, maybe not, but just, uh, I was personally inspired by those stories that, uh, you know, seeing a piece would draw out of someone like my father. And I know it does with so many others. When I go to these trade shows, uh, you have people picking through the racks and just, you know, thing after thing, they're like, oh my gosh, I remember, you know, when I saw this jacket on who and uh, where I was and just really moments in time that it brings back for people. So that's really special for me. But uh, when it started, it was a blog kind of exploring these brands, these uh, heritage items. Um, And uh, I I wrote the blogs and I guess people liked them okay, but more than anything, they just wanted to buy the stuff. And this was stuff from my closet, from my dad's closet um, that I was just pulling off, taking some photos of and doing some, uh, you know, browsing on the internet to figure out what I could about it. So um, I wanted the blog to be kind of uh, giving a way to give back to the industry, you know, tell these stories and share these stories. I do think these stories are important and there's something that um, I'm feverishly trying to get back to. Uh, But more than anything, I saw a more immediate need for a marketplace for people. Sure. Um, And that expanded beyond just vintage legacy heritage brands and styles. Uh, Even the new stuff, uh, just increasing accessibility to gear for people. And so that's what inspired the camo retro marketplace as we see it today. Very cool. I, I bet that um, I bet it must have been cool for you to kind of like become conscious of the process of becoming an expert at something that was just like a, a passion thing to you. Now, now, 
I'm, you must know more about camo than anyone I've ever talked to in my life. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm certainly on the shoulders of giants and I have a lot of connections that I've made through this project to thank um, for everything I know, but everything I continue to learn. Um, I most recently went to the NWTF show and got to shake some hands of people that I've had a, you know, online relationship with oh, for cool. some some quite, uh, quite some time now. Uh, Jason Bradley Hart, who started Nomad Outdoors, is one that comes uh, to the forefront of my mind. I mean, he's somebody I can lean to. Some of the guys at Mossy Oak, I ask them questions. Uh, you say I'm an expert, and I would I would counter and say that I'm more of a broker of information <laughs> okay. um, right. at this point. <laughs> That's a different way of saying expert, man. Yeah. <laughs> Same but, but no, there's, there's been some phenomenal relationships that I've been able to make, uh, hands I've been able to shake, and rooms I've been in with people that, uh, and hunts I've been on with people most importantly that uh, otherwise i wouldn't uh have been on without uh without what camera retro has done for me as well very cool so is is camo retro a one-man operation right now it is yeah uh there's a few email addresses but just one person <laughs> behind them um, <laughs> so i appreciate uh anybody's uh patience when working with me uh built the website by myself uh continue to maintain uh fulfillment and all that by myself. I am working uh, on an app right now, a mo native mobile app. Uh, I am working with the development team on that. That is not, uh, my hands are not. Yeah, uh, that's its own animal. Yeah, that's that's a completely different thing. Very cool. So where do you see, um, I mean, so we talked a little bit about where the company came from. What mm -hmm. do you see in the future? Uh, just continuing to scale the marketplace. Uh, I mean, the, I built the website uh, originally as a blog, moved it to e-commerce, um, a marketplace where, well, not a marketplace, a store where people could buy stuff. And then I saw, well, this is so much bigger than me. This industry obviously is much bigger than me and uh, what I like or what I'm into or what I know about. So I rebuilt the website to where anybody can get on there, create an account for free, uh, list their stuff for free and uh, sell it to the camo retro community and audience, which is um, sizable at this point. Wow. Obviously, uh, started in and specializing in that more vintage heritage legacy gear. Um, but as far as the future goes, just scaling on that, uh, increasing accessibility to gear for everybody. Um, if you've got somebody that's newer to hunting and they're looking for a functional piece, mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to justify going to a store and, you know, spending hundreds of dollars on a jacket to do something that you don't even know if you're going to like. Sure. Um, I think the most uh, real world example for that might be someone who's looking into going skiing, right? You have yeah. to buy all the stuff and um, you just don't know if you'll uh, really be into it. So providing somebody a platform to go on to get gear at a more accessible level. Um, also elevating the heritage and legacy brands. I mean, that's where it all started. Here's, here's this original gear. Um, so continuing to elevate those, elevate an appreciation for those. Um, and then, uh, uh, reinvesting in the industry. So you get on there, sell your gear, uh, what that does is generates a cash flow that is unrealized in the industry right now. Mm -hmm. uh, if you know any seasoned hunter, any generational hunter, they're going to have a ton of stuff that's going unused uh, right. and is probably being undervalued. So getting them to list it on the site, uh, generate that cash flow, use that money, turn around and reinvest it in the industry. Not with camera retro necessarily, but with any uh, major yeah. brand, many of those who are going to be at, um, at your show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but moving forward, uh, creating more of a community, I'm putting a lot more effort into the blog and uh, just make it, positioning the site as a resource for uh, people to come to for uh, obviously with that 
ground level base uh vintage heritage legacy totally. type stuff but uh continuing to tell and explore the stories that go behind that yeah so cool man the uh you, you said the magic s word scaling and and that's what, what i really want to talk to we haven't gotten to pick the brain of a of a real somebody really involved in the vintage industry and in the reselling industry and when you look at brands across the board you know no matter what industry or what the product is there are there are commonalities in the way that they scale when uh, when it's a mass produced product, right. Or something that you're making a lot of now you, you have, have two challenges. One, it's, it's vintage. It's not necessarily a renewable resource that you can use. And two, it's, I would assume more often than not, you're dealing with one of one goods. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a challenge. Can you, can you speak to some of the challenges of scaling a brand within, within those kind of perimeters? That's a, that's a double header. Right. Yeah. Um, so I will say the challenge, uh, with, I realized the challenge very early on for me, and that's part of uh, you know the that's part of the thought process that thought process that went into the equation of opening up the website to where people can make an account and sell their own stuff. Again, much larger than me, and I'm by no means the gatekeeper to any of the styles or brands or uh, patterns that sure. um, I love to talk about. Uh, so opening it up where other people can get in the conversation, add to that conversation through the inventory, currently through the inventory that they're listing on uh, my website. Now there'll be, with the app, there'll be more capabilities and uh, I look forward to talking about that someday. But um, the one of one thing, it's a challenge as much for my customer as it is for me. Uh, you know, in the beginning, it was just me selling on the site. I didn't have customers. I didn't have that uh, customer base. I didn't have the consumer trust. Uh, you know, it's you don't have to look far to get scammed on the Internet these days. And that's one sure. of the things that my website solves for uh, my niche market. But um, so it's a, it's a challenge for the consumer as well, because they only have the opportunity to, to buy that one product. There's not a lot right. of time for tire kicking and, um, right. you know, asking uh, yeah. oh, they questions, unfortunately. They still have yeah. my size. Right, right. It's, it, it can be a one and done thing uh, pretty quickly. Uh, the challenge for me in the beginning, though, was getting a healthy supply of inventory. Not only that, mm -hmm. but also not just being constantly sold out all the time. Yeah, one and um, Right, right. Uh, people coming to the website every single day and just seeing or, you know, every couple of hours and just seeing the same stuff every couple of days and just seeing the same stuff. So I really have my sellers to thank on my website for uh, broadening the scope of inventory on the site. Uh, they continue to list stuff every day. And I couldn't be more thankful to them for helping me overcome the, you know, the challenge that you're asking me about. Totally. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a different story, you know, to, to have, let's say, a candle brand, for exist, for uh, for example, plenty of challenges that come along with that. But to order a restock, if you're not making them yourself, order a restock, there's like 100,000 candles at your door in a week later. One of one, that's, that's a totally different story. Yeah, absolutely. So every time that I go into, you know, kind of the consignment stores around here where there's a 100 different booths and everybody's got a different look and feel, I always leave thinking, man, I... I should do that. I, I could do that. Um, I know it's not that simple. I definitely know it's not easy. There's a ton of knowledge that goes along with that, but uh, I love that model. And I think it makes, uh, makes the industry more accessible than other industries are for sure. Um, mm -hmm. For people that might be in that position, you know, we're always talking about, you know, talking to the entrepreneurs, the future entrepreneurs in the audience. Uh, but this yeah. is like a very specific subset, people that are in, in vintage. What, what would advice would you pass on to someone that's maybe just starting that journey? 
uh, specific to vintage, I would say yeah. if you are at these stores and you see, uh, you know, outdoor uh, camo, you know, minded items, uh, I've already done the hard work for you. Just listed yeah. on Camo Retro. You know what, and there you uh, go. <laughs> there's, uh, there's not much to it at that point. Uh, and I, I joke with people about thrift shop. I'm the fastest thrift shop thrift shopper you've ever seen because I ironically finding camouflage in thrift stores isn't the yeah. hardest thing to do <laughs> no, uh, no, no. most of the times i don't even have to touch a rack now you do get more of the plain colored stuff like this hat i'm wearing yeah. or you know some of your uh, other ducks unlimited more solid colors and mm -hmm. uh you know solid colors in the hunting space are coming back in a bit big way as well and you really find some special pieces digging through each individual item but if i'm on a road trip for me to stop into a thrift store and look for something it takes yeah. minutes you can um, just look in the window some days i'm sure this is the right yeah. store uh as far as anybody you know uh diving into the vintage world i've, I've worked with a group uh a group of business two guys uh evan and lauren here in fayetteville arkansas where i'm based that mm -hmm. own uh recollect limited and uh, very early on i uh i took them out to lunch and i uh, talked to them about what i was doing and asked them really the same question that you're asking me and uh these guys um very knowledgeable in more of your streetwear urban wear Mm -hmm. you know old uh old concert tees old uh sneakers that kind of stuff and i showed them what i was looking for and they were like yeah well, that, that we don't know anything about that stuff but mm -hmm. we see it all the time so um they've been really helpful to me for looking at tags because tags are beyond any one brand more often than not you know the way something yeah. says made in the usa what the buttons you know how the buttons date the item the zippers so uh, i'm gonna say uh, shout out to evan and lauren for being uh real resources for me early on in the vintage world um i would say know your niche and know your audience um find a specialty especially in vintage if you can keep people coming back for some of your same tastes. I see yeah. a lot of vintage born in passion, uh, you know, probably mine included, that seems to speak louder uh, just because it's consistency in your items. Now, yeah. are you cutting yourself off from other markets? Yeah, sure. But um, do you really want to chase those other markets is, right. you know, the question I would challenge you with. And can you speak to those other markets um, like you can the one that you're passionate about? And for entrepreneurs as a whole, um, learn taxes and how that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sales tax. Weeks left, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, taxes as a business owner is a different ballgame. And yeah. um you know, uh, there's a list too long of people I, I have to thank for helping out with some, uh, you know, personal finance and business uh, questions early on. Still still learning. And uh, I would argue there's more to learn in that yeah. world than the, uh, than the vintage world. It never stops. It never, ever stops. Yeah. So you, you speak about being uh, in a, a very specific niche. And when I think yeah. of, you know, just thinking about vintage as a whole. I know a handful of people that like specialize in like old Harley tees and like you said, band tees for sure. Camo is like even further down the hole for sure. What, um, what do you say, like speaking from a niche niche in general, how has that worked to your advantage and how is it not? Uh, you know, uh, works to my advantage is personally, I, I know my core customer pretty well. Mm -hmm. And um, I've also uh, been forced to take that category and 
see what it does when other people are exposed to it. Um, you know, just through my personal life, being out and about, going to trade shows, uh, people asking, you know, what do you do? What are you, you know, what's, what's your line of work and kind of exposing them to that world. Um, it's been, uh, it's been really cool seeing how, you can relate camouflage or some of these heritage brands to people uh exporting camouflage for sportsmen is actually a pretty young industry uh, you had your kind of world war ii inspired uh old school patterns that um people turned took that kind of od green shades of green forest color old school military camo and turned it into a more marsh inspired pattern yeah. that's your earliest form of um sportsman's camo uh I, I believe orvis was the first to market it as such and uh sell it commercially and then and that was in the you know 70s and then in the 80s you had this uh um, emergence of uh tree bark uh by cromley yeah. uh jim cromley and uh that was in the early 80s that that became commercially available and that was the first timber inspired inspired pattern so you know 40 years ago that's not terribly long ago so it's a very it's a very young um industry when you're looking at it through the lens of camo but some of the brands that have uh you know that are part of that story even today uh duck's has been around since uh, I, I believe 1904 and then you have some other uh brands that uh, were around during the uh, uh post you know came came about post-civil war For sure. and uh so those stories uh go way back and uh again i don't position myself as the gatekeeper of a lot of um these brands or the styles and especially the patterns many of the people who develop those patterns are alive and well today um and i encourage you to look into you know their stories and their lives really really inspirational people and stories out there um i kind of got off of I kind of got off the rails you're, there, but you're you asking about, though, man, I mean, you, you I appreciate so clearly it. care so much about, um, the knowledge and, and I'll use this word again, the heritage of it. Yeah. Um, what, what have you done or, or what's kind of the process for the brand in terms of like educating customers as well? I'm sure that you, like yeah. you said, you probably deal with people that know so much about the niche and you probably deal with people that know nothing you know, are just looking for like yeah. a camo piece for their wardrobe. What, uh, where does kind of the education around that come into the play with the brand? Uh, I mean, education comes through listening. I, yeah. you know, this is advice for anybody doing anything. Uh, listen, any chance you get, the, any chance you have. Uh, when I go to these trade shows, I'm, uh, my favorite part of it are meeting customers, uh, old or new, and mm -hmm. uh, hearing what they have to say. Uh, you know, when somebody goes through the rack and you know has one of those moments where they pull out a, a piece and it brings triggers brings back a memory um i'm i'm there listening that's you know that's the greatest uh yeah. win for me when i go to any show or get the chance to talk to anybody about uh, a piece that they find through my site or through my work that uh inspires them um now as far as education for somebody that's you know a, a new hunter just getting um coming into this industry or maybe they've been hunting and they just didn't really they didn't have a mentor they didn't have dad's jacket to wear grandpa's jacket sure. to wear as a kid like i did um I, that's kind of uh the resource that i want to provide through the website and through the blog and through through more of a community is giving 
people these stories all in one place to explore and learn and learn more and i certainly uh offhand share uh as much information i can to anybody that is eager to learn more about the industry um through through these brands what what would you say that you've learned about yourself in in like this journey into entrepreneurship and kind of being at the the head of this animal Oh man, tough questions. Jeez. Yeah. Do you ever think you'd be the camo guy? Was that like ever a part of the master plan? No. And yeah. again, I still, I still don't, um, I don't see myself that way. Again, I'm more sure. of like the broker of information <laughs> than the, um, than the guy who has the information. Uh, yeah. I mean, either way though, man, don't, don't sell yourself short. Cause you, you yeah. are the resource, you know, yeah, well, resource is really well, cool. And again, like I said, a lot of the people who develop um, some of my, you know, most sought after highest performing items, they're alive and well. Toxie yeah. Hayes, I mean, he's, yeah, I, I talked, I got to meet him uh, at NWTF and uh, was thrilled to uh, have the time that he lent me for our conversation and accidentally cut him off once and felt really horrible about that. <laughs> <laughs> thought he was done with the sentence and he, he wasn't, but it um, I, uh, um, yeah, I just, uh, uh, I'm happy to share the stories that come my way and, uh, who am I to, um, I- I'm very fortunate to be able to be in the position to share these brands styles and the, the legacy behind them. I, uh, can't help but notice the humility that you approach, approach the brand with. I think that's, that's super admirable. Um, you you really you really come off to me this is the first time we met you really come off to me as a giver um and the way that you provide resource and and knowledge uh even if even if your website is just the vessel right um that's that's really important that resonates with me as someone that really cares about a heritage workwear vintage denim uh you know leather goods that's yeah. different different niche but but same kind of passion and and that's really cool to see somebody out there that's doing that I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, the brand, uh, the brand values are kind of those three points that I gave you in the beginning, elevating an appreciation for this stuff, increasing accessibility. And third, I hope to see money generated, cash flow generated and reinvested in the industry through, you know, vintage stuff or new stuff, uh, just bolstering those those brands. Um, but the brand takes a backseat. The camo retro brand takes a backseat to most everything on the marketplace you know i point at the at everything going through that marketplace the people selling on that marketplace those that's the face of the brand in my mind the camo retro logo you'll see it on very few things i've uh, the only t-shirts i've ever put the camo retro logo on were ones that were given to me by my co- blanks that were given to me by my cousin because uh she had a, a t-shirt printing uh deal and uh ended up not doing it anymore and that so those are the only shirts and if you're one of the like 46 people that have one of those (laughs) then uh good for you i'll throw a logo on a run of hats every now and then but yeah there uh, you go hey those uh those retro camo camo retro shirts that's gonna be retro camo at some point right yeah i'm gonna um i gotta be careful not to reproduce those accidentally because those are it's just a hot it's not even the same they're not the same color they're not the same style some are v-neck some are like rust colored some are gray some are white Um, you're truly a one-of-one kind of dude huh (laughs) oh i love the one-of-one yeah yeah. he's got one speed guys he's got one speed 
for the longest time i would do uh stickers that were oh cool um just one of one and uh i just i don't have the energy for that anymore but for the (laughs) longest i I did that now i'm now i'm mass producing my little circle sticker here i love it you got a lot of different pots going at different heats man you got a a lot going on yeah um so for folks that aren't going to be able to make it down to the austin event in may to to check out all the camera that you got and share their (laughs) stories with you where is the best place that people can keep in touch with the brand and maybe reach out and and share what camo means to them yeah if you're uh, buying or selling vintage camo um i encourage you to look at camoretro.com um what i'm gonna have in austin is you know a curated hand-picked selection of mine but there are people from all over the country listing their uh, outdoor goods on camoretro.com every single day um if you're interested in learning more please follow along on my blog it's called the the common thread um, on camaretro.com. Uh, putting more stock into that this year. I'm actually publishing uh, one today about turkey vests. Um, nice. And uh, mobile app, as I said, it's coming out later this year. Uh, stay tuned to my Instagram account uh, for more information on that. That's where you get pretty timely marketing information cool. and uh, see some content from all over the place. But if you're looking for cam- uh, for vintage and heritage camo brands or, or more information or a community um, presently, I would say go look for Facebook groups. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of those. And then hit up your thrift shop, hit up eBay, hit up all these other platforms where you can find this stuff. Uh, now they're not niche. They're not necessarily catering to um, what you're looking for like camo retro is but they are much larger and uh you can find what you want and if you do find something that doesn't fit you uh pick it up and uh sell it on camo retro and then use that money to uh put towards the thing you want when you see it totally hey you know i i love a brand new thing just as much as the next guy but it's amazing once you start looking how much good stuff is just out there that's out there already exists so (laughs) just want to once again, appreciate you for, for bringing light to that in such a specific way. That's meaningful to you. Passion speaks. I'm looking forward to connecting more and taking a look through what you have to offer in Austin. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm honored again to be invited and I look forward to seeing many of my friends down there. Absolutely. Cool, man. Well, thanks again for your time and look forward to seeing you soon. Take care. I'm Lucas Fitz and this is AF Fireside. To learn more about all the brands featured on the podcast, check out fireside.shopaf.co. And don't forget to subscribe to us on your streaming platform of choice. Thanks for listening.